Welcome, my name is Amapola Ramirez and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. In this podcast, I talk to you about my life as a Chicana. As a professional, I want to share with you my knowledge. Tenemos todos un propósito en este mundo. Unidas, creamos cambio. Vamos a empezar. Hola, ¿cómo están? Espero que estén muy bien. Gracias por estar aquí. Thank you so much for being here at Chicana Moms. And I hope that overall, that everything that we're seeing on the news, you're still doing okay. Um, and if you're not, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. But it's just making sure that we bring ourselves back to be able to rise and continue to live a life in which we feel fulfilled to be able not just to help ourselves but also to help others as well um, there's so much going on in this world and in my opinion our world pretty much is behaving out of emotions and one of the emotions that comes out the most is anger you know it can be anger towards someone in a violent aggressive manner And that's where the mass shootings come across, you know, that anger of just, you know, whatever triggers. I mean, I, we don't know exactly what's in the mind of that individual who wants to go into a specific place and just start shooting. But it's, you know, it's anger. To me, it's anger, right? Um, and then we have all this chaos of the caravans happening and there's anger involved in there as well. So we can pretty much say that all these emotions as human beings, that's what's moving our world. It's either good emotions or unhealthy emotions. But this is a thing that in order to be happy, we have to suffer. And even if we don't want to live life in that way, that's just how it is. So from all of these things that are happening in the world, we are at least taking something, you know, and if you feel like, well, I'm not, well, you know, I think that we all learn from different situations, but everyone's healing, everyone's perspective in life is so different and that's okay. But we want to just make sure we don't react to life. We want to respond to it. And what I mean by react is obviously you're not going to think about it. You're just going to boom. I get it. There's times when we are, we do have to react when it's between life or death. Um, and when it comes to responding, it's just making sure we stop and think before we do something, before we say something, so we don't offense, offend someone that's going to trigger them and later on come back and try to hurt us and our families in a very physical manner. The reason I'm talking about how our world just responds with so many emotions, either good or bad, is that if we really take a step back and we evaluate ourselves in our home, How are we reacting and responding to situations that happen in our home, first of all? So today I want to talk about a specific topic um, about, you know, it's anger at our children. The anger that we have towards our children, the anger that we have sometimes towards our partners. But today I'm going to target it more towards unlike the anger uh, towards our children and This topic was suggested by a beautiful, courageous lady out there. I don't want to say her name um, because, you know, I, I would if there was consent, but I have to respect that. 
but you know who you are you, and this is this is for you and for every other mom who has felt so sad so guilty so frustrated and at times lonely and not knowing what to do at times when it comes to raising our kids and I think we have all been there at some extent you know um, there's couples that even if the father's in the picture the father's not really involved as much as they should like emotionally um, but right now I want to talk about just moms and then I want to do a separate podcast just targeting with about dads but today um, it's something that caught my attention and the title is ghosts in the nursery and I'll explain to you a little bit what that means um, and we are going to target um, the anger that we have towards our kids not because we hate them you know it's just that there's a lot of things that we're going through as mothers right as women so that's the topic for today and let's get started I want you to kind of go back of how you were raised. Let's take that moment. How was your mother behaving? And how did she model anger in your life? How did that female in your life modeled anger? Or even if it's a male, someone that raised you growing up. As you start thinking about how that person, how that parent or caregiver, grandparent, um, aunt or uncle, whoever raised you, who modeled anger in your life? Remember, we were not born angry. It's a behavior that we pick up throughout time in our childhood and our experiences in life as we continue to live, right? But in order to find out the root of anger, we need to find out like who modeled it because that's going to give you like a, a mere reflection as to like, oh, I remember being treated, treated growing up as if I didn't matter and growing up hearing, you know, these bad words that were targeted towards me on a consistent basis throughout my childhood. And then if you really evaluate it, think how you're behaving right now as a woman, as a mom. Is there times where you get super angry and you start saying words that are unnecessary because that reminded you of the things you've heard growing up? So that is the thing about anger. We need to know, like, where do we pick it up from? Okay, you know, understanding, like, understanding where it's coming from, right? The root. What are the damages? What have I gained in my life to have brought so much anger in different ways, kind of scattered, sprinkled around my life? Or too, too much of the sprinkles in my life? Understanding where it came from and knowing like at the end of the day, like I accept the fact that I do have an anger problem and I lash out to my kids verbally and sometimes it could happen physically. 
by you accepting the fact that you are not perfect and that you are in that place that you don't want to be and you want to move out, that's courageous. It takes a lot for an individual to accept that there's a problem. We have to remember that we're women. We are moms that are still wounded from experiences growing up in our childhood. And our kids, they surface all of those wounds. So whenever we feel stuck and feeling like, oh my God, my child keeps triggering me. Our kids do that because they're testing us because we are not perfect, obviously. And they're triggering something we still have not yet mastered. Our children are our teachers, right? Yes, they might not know so much um, certain things, you know, experience of life, but they know how to love. They know how to forgive. You can tell your child, oh, can you please get out of here? Like you're bothering me or however, because I'm pretty sure it happens. And we feel bad. And then they kiss us and they're like, I'm sorry. Right? It's happened to me in the past. It's happened. And it's like, oh my God. Like, it's not even your fault. And they're they're apologizing. You know, I'm pretty sure that it's happened to many of us. If you feel like you're a mom that's trying to just pretend in front of other people that you're fine and that your life is great. I mean, if, it, if it's great for you, like, and you feel like good, content, awesome. But at some point, if you are choosing, not that you have to share with everyone. No, you don't. You don't have to share with everyone how you truly feel inside only for those specific people who you trust. Don't put a facade as like, I got this and I am perfect. And no, because you're going to fall. You're going to fall. And, and when we fall, those are the moments when we learn the most. And if you feel at some point as a mom, you're in that stage right now. It's like, I don't know what to do with my life. I, I don't know who I am, my identity. A lot of frustration starts to build up and that creates anger. Anger is a secondary emotion. So first we get frustrated and it can pile up and then it's anger. So then that's when we become like snappy towards the kids. Can you pick up the toys? Oh my God, can you just go? And there's like snap after snap after snap. That is the biggest message for us as moms to put ourselves in this mindset of like, I need to check myself. I need to take a step back and I have to evaluate deeply what's going on. So our kids push our buttons at times and they do it because they're our kids. We are their home. We are their comfort zone. And it's okay for them to break down at home with us. But then we all actually have to teach them, you know, that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And here are some tools. But in order for us to hand over the tools, we have to know how to work those tools first. Right? So there's some psychologists that call this like a phenomenon. And it's called the ghosts in the nursery. What they mean by that is that we stimulate those intense feelings that we used to have when we were little. And they still kind of creep up. So the fears and rage of childhood are powerful and can be overwhelming as for adults. So it can be enormously challenging to lay these ghosts to rest. It's kind of like that trauma, that experience that we went through growing up. 
And when they trigger us, it's kind of like, I don't know how to respond to this because I remember being in front of the situation, not a specific, well, what I mean by that is like, I remember feeling similar emotions when triggered and I responded it with anger because that's what I thought was right when I was younger. So now as mothers, we get triggered. So when that happens, that's what the, the psychologists mean by the ghosts, those emotions that just creep up and we don't know really how to respond to them because we weren't taught or we didn't learn how to deal with unwanted you know, conflicts when it came to anger from someone towards us, if that makes sense. So one of the things that I also want to add is that we really need to look at how our parental anger can be harmful to the young children. Um, I'm going to share with you a story. My youngest boy, when he was little, he would throw a little bit more tantrums than my oldest. And as I mentioned before, I grew up um, in a home environment where my dad was very loving, but yet he was, you know, slight passing, passive, I mean. Um, my mom is very the hardcore, you know, like, I'm going to take care of you. It was like that um, tough love, but like, I didn't need that. <laughs> or maybe I did. I don't know. But to me, it was like, maybe another approach would have been better, right? Um, she, there was a lot of verbal abuse and physical abuse from my mother towards me. So there's times I don't like to be controlled. I, if there's at, even now, like, I'm going to be honest, like there's times where if people, not people, I guess certain people in my life try to tell me what to do when it comes to my emotions. Like, I don't like it. I hate it. It's like a trigger. Like, don't tell me how to live my life. Sometimes I get like that. Not all the time. It's rare, but I know that those reactions come from how I was raised because my mom was at times verbally abusive towards me. So I responded the same way. So it was like a total back and forth battle. So when my youngest was little and he threw tantrums, it was so frustrating. There was times where I'm like, can you just be quiet? Just, just sit down and let me do my work. And I didn't cuss at him, but I, the tone of voice of how I came across um, was out of frustration and anger. You know, first I would get frustrated and then I would get angry. So I caught myself. I'm glad I caught myself. And it took me a while for me to take a step back because it's really hard to sometimes own our shit. It really is. You know, and I said, I can't be doing this. I cannot be handing over something to my child that I did not like growing up. So anytime I found myself like frustrated or angry, I would tell, I would remind myself like, I will not hand over something to my child that I didn't appreciate. So the snapping here and there um, totally decreased. Um, don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm just like, oh my God, please. Can you please? <laughs> and it comes out, but it comes out so different than before. That's for sure. And I think God is so amazing. He's beautiful. Like if you don't believe in God, I respect that, but I do. And it's so beautiful to me because I never thought in my life I would be teaching parenting. And for me to have experienced verbal and physical abuse, um, 
and now teaching this, it just like makes freaking sense to me. Like, don't talk to your kids in this manner. They're going to feel like crap after, and then they're going to be wounded. And who knows? Some people don't even make it. Some people end up committing suicide based on the traumas they experienced growing up. And it's just like, I get it. I get it. So it is important as moms to understand we're not going to be perfect. You know, where is this problem coming from? A lot of the times it comes from our childhood experiences and sometimes the current choice. I mean, what is the current, the present moment of your life, of the choices you continue to make that are not making you feel happy in your life. Evaluate pretty much. And I would ask you this question if you were in front of me. What are your goals? What do you look forward to in life? Are you living life just a day by day? Which obviously, yes, we have to live day by day, right? But where's your mindset? Is it focused on an experience of trauma, a traumatic experience growing up that you continue to replay that now maybe it's needed where you need to bring intervention of, you know, of a professional to give you the tools to be able to help yourself out? You know, that's beneficial for many. Some go to therapist, some go to um, and seek help from a life coach. Um, it's two different approaches, but you know, whatever it is that you think works best for you, you only know. Um, and getting all these new tools to be able to help yourself, reading a book, listen to audios, listen to podcasts, music, mindfulness, practicing mindfulness is so beautiful. As a therapist intern, I implement the mindfulness therapy with some of my clients and it is just beautiful. I'm in love with it, you guys. It is amazing. Um, and I want to do another podcast just targeting a mindfulness because it is, it's beautiful. It really is. You could also Google mindfulness um, techniques, mindfulness you know, therapist, uh, I'm sorry, mindful, mindfulness um, therapy interventions. Obviously, you, you know, it helps to have a therapist to help you and guide you through the process and move on. But there's a lot of books that um, provide you the knowledge on mindfulness. And it's really, all, it's really awesome. And as moms, if we get triggered, especially, you know, we can say, you know, that mothers who get triggered the most, are the ones that are stay-at-home moms because they see it and hear it all the time. It just becomes a routine. It's like caring for the kids, cleaning the home, right? And it's like, it seems like a routine that's like never ending. Or it also happens to moms who work too because they have to, you know, deal with the work environment, all the stress that they're going through, and then they come home and they still have, like, the job never ends. Um, I'm the first one, no, actually my husband's the first one to wake up. I am always the last one to go to sleep because there's so many things to be organized for the next day and so forth, but I love it. I do. Um, but I do have to admit though, that I don't love it all the time. There's sometimes where I'm just like, ah, but I still do it because it's a responsibility. And when I feel frustrated, I do just pause. I just sit down, I close my eyes, I meditate. 
It's like pausing my life to bring myself back to reality. So the most important thing to remember about anger is not to act while you're angry. Like you'll feel an urge to need to act, to teach your child a lesson at the moment, but that's your anger talking. It thinks like if it's an emergency and it almost never is an emergency though. You can teach your child later and it will be the lesson. You actually want to teach your child when they're actually listening, not when there's all these emotions up in the air. So your child isn't going to anywhere. They're there with you. You know where he or she lives. So you can take that moment to take a step back, breathe and come back and teach the lesson. So overall, it's also to commit to yourself to not hit your child, no swearing, no calling your child names like you're dumb, you're lazy, what a princess, etc., etc. And it's also important to know that like, you know, your triggers of your child, you love them unconditionally. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, as I'm saying this, you guys, I'm thinking just how like I just stare at my kid's face. I stare at them. I stare at them and I see their innocence. And it's my responsibility as a mother to make sure that I don't break their spirit. At any time that we get angry, you can take the risk of breaking your child's spirit of them holding resentment. I'm not going to lie. My mom is my biggest trigger, but I love her to death. I love her unconditionally. A little while ago, before I started this podcast, of today's podcast, (laughs) um, my parents called me because I had to call them and I missed um, a call. They missed my call, so they called me back. That's what I meant. And... I have my headphones on and with headphones, I feel like I listen to the voice just clear. And as I'm talking to my mom, I take in her voice. As I listen to my dad, I take in his voice. And then I think to myself, like, it's my parents' voice are awesome for me. And then I think of how the, my voice And my way of being with my kids is everything for them. It's just one day that's not going to be there. I get emotional, you guys, at times because it just hits me to know that with my parents, you know, I know with my mom, she's like my biggest trigger. Sometimes we like snap at each other, but then it's so funny because the next day we're like, whatever. (laughs) that's our way of saying sorry like okay get over our love is stronger (laughs) it's so funny but I share this with you because our kids our boys the way we are with them even if they complain and throw a tantrum no matter what age they are at the end of the day you know I'm sure they're grateful that we're in their life and we are grateful to have them in our lives so now we have to remember that We also have a responsibility to teach our kids that we are human beings and we are going to get angry at times and it's going to happen to them when they get older or even now as young kids, (laughs) they're already seeing it, right? They're still experiencing anger. So here are some suggestions. Number one, set limits before you get angry. 
Often when we get angry at our children, it's because we haven't even set a limit. And something is grating on us. Like the minute you start getting angry, it's a signal to do something. No, not to yell. I mean, intervene in a positive way to prevent more of whatever behavior is irritating you. Number two, calm yourself down before you take action. When you feel this anger in you, you need a way to calm down. So there's that awareness, you know, that's going to happen. Um, to have self-control and to shift your psycho- psychological perspective on that situation. Okay, so stop and drop your agenda of whatever it is you're doing and breathe. Take a deep breath, okay, and pause that button. It gives you a choice. Do you really want to get really mad and lash out to your child with those emotions? That's what I'm talking about, calming yourself down before you take action. Number three, take five. Okay, recognize that any angry state is terrible starting place to intervene in any situation. Instead, give yourself an, a time out and come back when you're able to talk to your child in a more calm manner. Mo- move away from your child physically so you won't be tempted to reach out and touch him violently. Just say as calm as you can. I am too mad right now to talk about this and I'm going to take a time out and calm down. Another thing that I highly recommend that I tell a lot of my uh, clients is to tell your child, just because I am mad does not mean I don't love you and I am sorry for hurting your feelings. Number four, listen to your anger rather than acting on it. So anger, like other feelings, is much as giving as our arms and legs. What you're responsible for is what we choose to do with it. Anger often has a valuable lesson for us, but acting while we're angry, except in rare situations requiring like self-defense, of course, is rarely constructive because we make choices that we would never make from a rational state, if that makes sense to you. Number five, Remember that expressing your anger to another person can reinforce and escalate. Despite the popular idea that we need to express our anger so that it doesn't eat away at us, there's something, okay? There, I mean, there's nothing constructive about expressing anger at another person. So research has shown that expressing anger while we are angry actually makes us more angry. So this in turn makes that the other person that hurt you um, gets afraid, so they get more mad. Not surprisingly, of course, instead of solving anything, this depends on how the relationship is going, okay? So what's more expressing, when it, well, what I'm trying to say is what's more? Expressing anger isn't truly being authentic, okay? So anger is an attack on the other person, so There's going to be times we're going to be attacking our little ones and we need to make sure that does not happen. We don't like it when other people, you know, that are not our family or even if they are family come in, belittle or make our kids feel like crap. We don't like that. So we can't do the same thing. If that makes sense. Number six, wait before disciplining. 
So this pretty much means that make it a point to never act while you're angry. You don't want to throw out, you know, those consequences of just wait what's going to happen. They turn a lot into threats, okay? Um, So take a 10-minute time out to calm yourself. And you're going to be able, you know, if it's 10 minutes, I'm just giving an example because it can take you 15 to 20, 30 minutes or so and come back to be able to then think about, you know, a strategy or approach of how you're going to discipline your child. So an example is after after dinner, for example, sit down with your child and if necessary, like set the firm limits with them, but you will be more able to listen to his or, and you're you're going to be able to listen to their side and they're going to be able to listen to your side. Okay. As to respond with a reasonable and enforceable, respectful limits to their behavior and yours. Number seven, avoid physical force no matter what. I get clients that tell me, you know, by law, you are able to spank your child in the butt with your hand. Okay, but that doesn't mean without clothes and that doesn't mean, you know, super. Either way, I think it's wrong. Okay, there's no need for it. What I tell my clients is if you ever hit your child, you're pretty much sending a message that you're so stupid for me to talk to you that I have to hit you. That's how I perceived it, even growing up. So 85% of adolescents say that they've been slapped or spanked by their parents. Is that even necessary? No. It's out of fear versus respect. Okay? So spanking may, can make you feel better temporarily because it's discharged you from your rage, but it is a bad for your child. And it ultimately sabotages everything positive you have done as a parent because they're not going to trust you. Number eight, avoid threats. Threats made while you're angry will always be unreasonable. You don't want to be perceived as, you know, you say something and you don't follow through with it. And your kids know that. Number nine, monitor your tone and word choices. So research shows that the more calmly we speak, the more calm we feel and the more calmly others respond to us. So making sure that the tone that we're setting in the home is not crazy. It's more calm. Number 10. Now, are you still angry (laughs) after all of these things that I said? So don't get attached to your anger, okay? But you still have to understand that you're a human being. It's going to happen. But as long as you're aware of your triggers and different techniques are going to help you approach the situation in a more responsible manner, that is what you want to do. Okay? Number 11, make and post a list of acceptable ways to handle anger. You can write it in your journal. Keep it to yourself. You know, sometimes we have to write things down. It's kind of like these are my rules as a mother towards my children that I will respect for myself and for them. Okay. And number 12 is choose your battles. If your child spilled milk and you think, I told you to calm down and look what happened. Think about it. What's more important, the milk on the floor or your child's self-esteem? 13. Consider that you're part of the problem. 
It is so important to take accountability for the things that we're doing. If our child is acting out, kids misbehave based on what they're being handed. Okay? So if you're open to emotional growth, your child will always show you where you need to work on yourself all the time. Number 14, keep looking for effective ways of discipline that encourage better behavior. One book that I highly recommend is The Conscience Parent. That book is beautiful. I highly, highly recommend it. Okay? So there are huge effects of way of disciplining than just anger. And in fact, research shows that disciplining with anger sets up a cycle that encourages misbehavior. So the way we approach as mothers towards our kids and is anger and frustration, imagine just... Imagine yourself in the living room running around in a circle for days and weeks. Whenever anger presents itself, it's like you're just running around in a circle. And we really need to make sure that we break that cycle. Number 15, if you frequently struggle with your anger, ask for help. Go to therapy. Go to support groups. You know, those are the things that can help you. When you seek the help from a professional who has all of those tools um, to guide you through your problem. So there's no shame in asking for help. There's a lot of people who feel that it's shame because it's like, I can't go out there and ask for help. They're going to think like, what? I, it's kind of like saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, who is a lot of times, not a lot of people are don't know what they're doing when it comes to parenting. I mean, there's so many books. There's a lot of like, you know, uh, videos out there, parenting classes. There's so many resources out there. Trust me. There's someone that would be willing to help you. And if you need resources, uh, where to go, um, you can email me. You can send me a message on Instagram. Um, I can guide you through it or you can call your insurance and ask them, you know, I want to receive therapy, you know, what therapist is under my group? Can you give me a list of contacts and I can call them, etc. There's so many different ways. Okay. You're not alone. You are not alone. You're not the first and you're not the last going through the situation. I hope this was very helpful because we as mothers, um, We do a lot for our kids, you know, we have so many hats that we have to wear, you know, we're the wife, we're the mother, um, we're, you know, the daughter, you know, if you're a caregiver for your parents, I mean, so many roles, um, not dismissing the roles of fathers, but this podcast was just targeted to mothers. Um, but I thank you so much for listening to me. And I hope, again, like I said, I hope this was very helpful. It happens to all of us. We're going to get angry towards our children. It's okay as long as we apologize to them. Overall, apologize. It's okay to. I grew up never hearing my mom say sorry for her making me feel like crap. Um, But her way of saying sorry was through her behavior. But you know what? It's good to hear it and it's good to see it. But you also don't want to fall into this pattern that you're constantly apologizing for something you used to have been learned not to do. So we need to be very careful. So overall, I'm going to kind of go back to that question that I asked you in the beginning of this podcast. 
who modeled anger in your life? Are you still mimicking their anger? If so, what are you going to do to make sure that you don't get stuck in that cycle of anger? Think about that, okay? Take care of yourselves. Do self-care and self-love in the way that you know works best for you. Breathe and say, I'm happy and I'm grateful. I am enough. Any positive word that you want to say to yourself. Thank you. God bless you and take care. Bye-bye.